are looking live uh, at a podcast studio, WBUL. So when we do these over Skype, they tend to suck. When we do, do them in person, they tend to be better. a little bit better. But for the first time, we have Anthony in here actually producing for us in studio. So this theoretically should be the best podcast ever, even though Anthony is like staring at the board right now like he has no idea how it works, which is comforting from a podcast producer. Because we don't know what we're doing. We we have no clue. So, Nate. Colin. Um, we won a football game. We t- Well, yeah. We beat Temple. We did. They're not good. They're not. And USF defense is possibly very good? I, they're at least good? You know right? what? Hot take? I think they're pretty good. Yeah. I think they're definitely 2015 level good. Yes, I agree. They are Tom Allen talent here. They're, they are definitely flying around to the ball, and last year they walked to the ball. So, biggest thing I think that we would both agree that the difference is, is front four. Yes. Ability to get pressure, ability to control the pivot, get run stops, force people to get to the outside. Linebackers able to fill, get to spay at spots, tackle people. Unlike Anthony, who doesn't fill real well because he's just wandering around the studio. <laughs> I'm excited. This is my first time here. Oh, isn't it fun? It's like a new toy, isn't it? Exactly. It's looking around. Um, so I think that's the biggest change that I see. That's not one that I think you or I either want expected to be as no. effective as they've been so far. Um, and somehow, buddy, you're leading the nation in turnovers. Like, hallelujah. 12 damn turnovers. Four games. Good job. 12 turnovers. I think it's more. Oh, yeah. I think it's 12 interceptions. It's 12 and, INTs, yeah. 12, and 14, 14 turnovers. 12 interceptions. You lead the nation in, in interceptions. 14. But last year, uh, or last game, we had four interceptions. and, and, and what, Six turnovers. Six 2012, I think we had four interceptions total or something like that, or three interceptions oh, was, total. Oh, no, I think it was less. Like, it was like, they didn't have interception until, like, game nine or ten or something yeah. like that. Something it, was, it was two like picks, that. I believe. Yeah. I think one was a D lineman. I think we've gone over this. Yeah. But, I mean, this defense, I hoped that they'd be 30% better than last year, and they're about, like, 95 to 100% better than last year. And you can tell. I mean, Augie Sanchez, arguably, maybe the most – controversial person amongst our, ourselves and how good he may actually be has oh. has done wonders. He's been great. He's been fantastic, and his protege next to him, Nico Saltel, has been just flat-out amazing. You know, Charlie Strong said in the press conference today, you know, people are asking him who the heck is number 54, and we're learning real quick who he is. And, like, it's just being put in position to win. You know, sometimes that's the thing about football, especially the way that we watch it when we don't have the control and and to see the things that those guys see. Like, you know, we see, you know, Mike linebackers out in space, not necessarily getting to coverage and and getting killed over them. But like, you know, if they if they if he only has to cover for a second, second and a half, he can do that. Mm -hmm. You can't cover five or six when you're getting no pressure and a guy can just stand back there and pick you apart. So, yeah, the pressure on the quarterback, I think, is the biggest thing that we've noticed. Held Temple to eighty-five yards. Man. Eighty-five yards. How many yards did they rush for? Negative four. You know who, that is not a typo. <laughs> they lost four yards. If they had just not done anything or just thrown the ball on every down, they'd have done better. They would have. Amazing. I mean, they would have definitely thrown more interceptions because I mean, you pretty much called 
one of the interceptions. It was a play action pass, mm-hmm. and he said, "Oh, it's play action. Something good's going to happen." <laughs> and it I, did. No, no, I think I said that's going to work well. <laughs> it was just <laughs> they go it was I beautiful. Form, they go I formation and then play action off of it, and you can just see our two outs. I'm not sure who the two DNs were on that play, but you can just see the two DNs getting upfield while they go play action, and like that play action's got any time to work because they're just going to totally squeeze a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is going to end well. Int. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, this defense has 13 sacks so far this year. Three guys have at least two sacks, led by Mike Love's two and a half on the season. Uh, he's been such an improvement over last year. I mean, you can say that about pretty much every single defensive player, about how much better they are from last season. And, you know, coaching. Coaching. They just, they just got coached up. Coach them up. And Charlie even said today, like, you just want to get a little bit better each week, and we feel like we're making progress and getting – and, yeah, they do look better each week. You know, I, th- I would say the offense maybe didn't look as good last week as it did against Illinois, but the defense just continues to mm-hmm. take big steps forward. There's opportunities out there. You know, with all the short fields they got, that offense probably should have put up 60-plus. Yep, and just – I wouldn't say questionable play calling, but lack of execution yeah. on those plays – uh, the first and goal, they you know they go jumbo set, and they get stuffed. It, you know, first San Diego State, it, it worked. So it's not mm-hmm. like the play has not worked this season. It's worked. It just got stuffed, and it kind of just set them back a little bit. Right. But um, shout out to Emilio Nadelman, five of five ties the uh, USF school record for most field goals uh, in a game, set the American record, and then also set a USF record for most total points with nineteen in the game. So good shout out to him. He did have his left ankle taped on Thursday. We'll see. Joey Knight reported today that large adult punter was doing kickoffs today during the special teams portion of practice. We'll see what happens with that. Hopefully Nadelman's fine. He's fifteen. He's made fifteen of his last sixteen kicks. The only miss was the blocked one against Illinois. So let's talk about Tyree McCants. So <laughs> We can talk about it, by the way, uh, Kirsten Johnson, sternum, MRI today. They don't know the results yet. Theoretically, they don't know the results yet. That's what they told us. Yep. They probably do, but they're not telling us anything. Tyree McCants. Tyree McCants goes on Snapchat and sauces close to us, gives us the heads up. Hey, go check out what Tyree put on Snapchat. We go, okay. Okay. Tyree puts. Sprained MCL. Hopefully it's nothing worse than that. Strain, sprained MCL, generally. It's a three- to six-week injury for a grade one sprain, and then it goes to eight to 12 weeks for a grade two and grade three sprain. Now, what you need to know is a sprain, it's still a tear in the ligament. That's okay. what a sprain is. There, it's It just depends on the severity of that tear. I've learned that. Fantasy football, Stefania Bell from ESPN does a fantastic job <laughs> breaking down injuries every week, and that's where I'm learning most of this stuff. And it's, you know, it's a just a slight tear, but there's still a tear. So then we go to the press conference today. We asked Charlie, hey, Charlie, can we get an up- injury update on one Tyree McCants? He What's- practiced. Practiced? Ran around out there. Ran around. Ran around out there. So one of these things is not like the other. Like mm-hmm. I, that either Tyree was wrong and doesn't have the injury he said he had on Snapchat, or Charlie's full of it, and he's not really running around practicing out there. 
And but it's definitely one of the two. And it's probably not Tyree lying about his misdiagnosing himself. So he probably got that from a doctor. So are we going to throw out there that Tyree probably isn't going to play on Saturday? I'd feel comfortable in saying that, that he is more than likely not going to play. Okay. But flip side, D'Angelo Antoine may be closer to being healthy than right. he was last week. So they kind of just trade trade them out. Two different skill sets, to say the least. Antoine's the more speed guy from the slot. McCants is the best wide receiver at blocking downfield in college football. So Ooh, bold we'll, statement. Is it, though? I mean, He's really good. We, we've got the tape. He's really good. I, I just watched the tape. But I mean, how, how much are we watching, like, Pac-12 receivers block downfield? Are we watching anybody in New Mexico block downfield? And they, and they blocked downfield a lot when they were they were on that pistol option thing. Yeah, but do you? I mean, it's, do I care? No. Of the receivers that I care about, yeah, he's the best. Uh, Which is what close. AAC and and it's state similar. of Florida. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the best out of that. So injuries, who knows? Who knows? We're gonna wager the Tyree doesn't play, but just, theoretically he practiced today. Just remember Rasheen Bronson, guys. Just yeah. remember, I we we had that. We knew it. That's right. Sprained MCL, you don't just come back after, you know, 10 days. 10 days off. So, we shall and see. It's, the schedule sets up favorably for him to come back yeah. versus Cincinnati in 18 days. Right. So, um, even if he doesn't play, it shouldn't hurt USF too much, especially if Antoine comes back. Exactly. Because they kind of do play that same slot. All right. Offense, Quentin, not great. Not, not his best game. Definitely not Better in the game. press conference today than he was in the game. Yeah. He was a little bit more lively than the I've normal. seen him. Um, in a while, and we can say that about Strong. I thought he was loose, oh. charismatic. Oh. It was uh, it was a breath of fresh air. I'll tell you what. You send that guy out, you're raising six million for a practice facility tomorrow. Oh yeah, that guy was Where into it. Where is that today. man? He was he was loose. He was joking. He was engaged. He gave like great answers to questions. Like we, I thought we got some good questions today yeah. too. Sometimes he doesn't always get the best questions. They got some good ones. Mm-hmm. And he was you know thoughtful, engaged. Like I mean, talked to him for what over twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and you know there wasn't. He's feeling a good. Dull moment. Yeah. I mean, four zero. After what you did defensively, you're gonna feel great. Um, also, he. Yeah, I guess we should briefly touch on it because a bunch of people asked us to ask about protests and things like that. So we just briefly brought up a couple other people did too. Um, you know, has he talked to the team about it, and have they talked to him about it? And he said nothing yet, but just that you know if. If something was, if players did come forward and wanted to do something, he would just say, "Know what you're talking about. Be aware of the situation." But um, I don't think you're going to see anything, from what I can tell, from USF. It'll be difficult to do so since yeah. they stay in the locker room. Yeah, since they stay in the locker room, it would have to. Anybody who's going to do anything in college football, it's not going to have to do with the flag. It's going to be some sort of other thing. Yes, you know what I mean. It'll be some other way. I believe only the captains are out prior because they come out for the coin toss right after. But even the match. coin toss is after. Yeah, but they're they're out on the field waiting. Yeah. So I, I mean, I don't see Quentin or Augie or Hell Bruce no. Hector no. doing that. It, yeah, so. me, I, but I, I don't see anything like that happening. And no. Um. So I I wouldn't you know at least in USF's case, but I mean obviously you know there's 130 schools in Division One. I'm going to be interested to see if if anything happens. This we could just you know just personally I, I mm-hmm. you know no matter how you feel about the issue or not, it's going to be interesting to see if kids. Choose to go one way or choose to go the other. So, do you have, um, a, do you have a school where you think it might actually happen? <sighs> mm. I don't think anywhere in the South. Yeah, I was going to say Mountain West or Pac-12. Yeah, 
Yeah. Like if it's going to happen, it's going that way. It's Stanford SEC, like the, just the, the backlash in the, in the southeast yeah. from a state school would be ridiculous. So I think if anything would happen, it would be like Mountain West or Pac-12. But we'll see. So ECU, they are not good, but they played not bad. It's bad. hard to tell. I mean, it's so hard to tell because UConn is just They God, can't run the ball still. Yeah, they can't run so, it. But they can throw it. Well, it's against UConn. And, uh, Kind of looks like UConn's bad on defense. UConn's second. So from what I saw of the game, I didn't get to see all of it, but I did watch a lot of the first half. Um, UConn's secondary can't cover Nate on a on a on a seven route. Like they are just a. Tr- I mean, it wasn't like they were throwing the guys who were, you know, like really blanketed and, and they had to like fit it in there. Yeah. Wide, wide open, open. wide open wide guys open. and all over the field and like to the flat down the field everywhere. Everybody was open. So first of all, amazingly, we're looking at U- ECU stats right now. And uh, Zay Jones is not on this page, not on it. So congratulations to 14th year senior Zay Jones. Finally in the for NFL. Finally getting to the NFL and getting out of this conference. He is the Arkeel Newsom Award winner from last year. Oh, for sure. And then this year it will be Arkeel Newsom who will be the he will, Ar- he will be the uh Arkeel Newsom recipient. You know, our, I'm st- I'm going to achievement award. Arkeel what you watch Arkeel gets like hurt this week and somehow gets a red shirt and comes back <laughs> next year. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, okay, so Aug, the Augie's been here since what thirteen? I mean, yeah, jeez, Louise. Been but, here forever. You know, ECU has their own Arkel Newsom uh, potential award recipient, and Devon Grayson, yeah. wide receiver. He, I mean, he had a great day. He had eleven catches, two hundred twenty-three yards, and three touchdowns against UConn. He started in twenty thirteen. He tore his yeah. ACL. He started the first like eight games in thirteen. Tore his ACL. Came back in fourteen, fifteen. Played last year, back injury cropped up. Missed the entire season. So his senior year, it was actually his retro year. Oh wow! Jeez. So he's he's a grad student now, and he he's he's putting up some numbers. He's a six two wide out um, th- from his two four seven sports uh, profile. It looks looks like he runs a four four one forty. Jeez. So you know he he's going to be uh, someone to watch out for. I think he is their only offensive weapon uh, because they again ECU can't run the ball. They are just trash. So Mazzy, that's going to be Mazzy's cover then. I would I would assume so. I I mean I would try. I think ECU would try to move him around on the field to try to get. The, so inside technique, it's Dietrich and outside Mazzy. Yeah. Okay. Or, I mean, and try to get him on Ronnie Hawkins' side, but yeah. I mean. Those three corners for USF, Hoggins, Nichols, and Wilkins, fantastic. Like, yeah, been really good. Probably the best trio of corners we've had in 10 years. Yeah. That's fair. We've had we've had some really good corners come through this program. We've had some really good secondaries. But, yeah, I would say these guys are are up there and definitely the best in, in a very long time. Yeah. A yeah. lot of talent out there. Prior to last week, Mozzie Wilkins had a 0.0 passing efficiency against yeah, we got to check that stat out. See how he's doing now. Do you know how hard that is to do? It's literally every time they throw at you, incomplete, every single time. And he he had some great pass breakups uh, yeah. on Thursday night, diving for the ball, and you know he's gotten a couple picks. Charlie shouted out um, Ronnie 
and Mazzy today in the presser mm-hmm. saying Mazzy, well, I'll get the quote here, but he also, you mentioned Ro- Ronnie's cast and uh, Charlie tells the story of a 12 yard, uh, Hoggins make a tackle, what, 12 yards downfield? Yeah. The guy gets 12 yards downfield and he really, he pops a guy, but he 12 yard gain and he really starts celebrating and Charlie goes, hey man. I got 12 yards. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, why are you celebrating? Why are you celebrating? You got 12 yards. He's like, oh, but I really wrapped up. I really hit the tackle. And, and Charlie's like, that's great. You got 12 yards. <laughs> now, if you lose, he said, now, if you lose two, go ahead. Go ahead. Start popping Celebrate. Chest, whatever. But, um, yeah, it was uh, interesting to see that Charlie sort of sees it like, hey, man, first down. 12 yards. It's like we have first down. Can't be, no. Let me pull the quote about Mazzy. Basically, like, Nobody heard of you. You're about to not be on the team. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he challenged them. Did he, he challenged them? And Mazzy really stepped up. He, you know, he was he was buried on the depth chart to see where fall camp to see where to see Mazzy where he is now. It's amazing. He wasn't even on the radar. Um, was his quote? And uh, interesting that you asked Charlie about advanced stats, and he just didn't even hear the advanced part. He was he talking about know. stats. Stats at period. Stats but. period. Saying he doesn't really like to share stats with players because if you're thinking about stats, you're not thinking about the next play and whatever. And I've heard that from a lot of basketball coaches too. Is they hate they hate sharing like stats because then guys start gunning or they hate thinking about it. Um, so I don't know how that works in football. So let's. I think we can just jump into your piece from yesterday. Oh, hey guys. I don't think USF's getting enough people to go to football games. Not Moving on. No. Um, so I got a million suggestions. Um, stunningly, even though I write my piece, I've gotten a million suggestions. So I write the piece, and then I get a million more suggestions. Which, and honestly, guys, like I worked here, I've been around this program a long time. Ninety-seven to ninety-nine percent of the stuff that y'all recommended has either been tried or is impossible. Our favorite, however, was the person who said. Why don't we just get into a Power Five conferences and then we just—it's just that simple. Like we just, like yeah. So that was our favorite. I got a lot of weird ones. There were a couple though that I thought were really smart. Like one was that I thought was really good is that the shuttles leave for the students from the Marshall Center to go to the game. Well, why not have some of the shuttles leave from Forty Second Street where all the apartments are? Yeah, you know, so the students don't have to like walk traipse all the way to the Marshall Center and all the way back because I don't know if you guys are familiar with the campus nowadays, but. Mostly freshmen on campus now because you basically have to live on campus your first year if you are an alum who is not familiar with these things. Most freshmen just live on campus their first year. And then sophomore, junior, senior year, you run screaming from campus in the ridiculous food contract you have to sign to live on campus. And you move to an apartment complex somewhere on 42nd Street or else around town. Basically where the old, what a lot of y'all would know is Fontana Hall, that street that goes all the way back down towards Bruce B. Downs is just covered in brand new apartment complexes that are student centered, student focused and are really like nice. Yeah. Like man, I lived in I lived in Lakeview Oaks for a while when I was a student and that was always like the super nice one and now that's like nothing compared to what these kids have now. So it's really good. They tore down where the greenery was. They tore down UTA, which was literally condemned by the city. So if you're an old alum and you haven't been back in a while, you haven't seen 42nd Street. Yes, the city literally condemned one of the apartment complexes because it was that messed up. <laughs> so, um, but having that street where so many of the the current undergraduates live, have it, you know, just have the bus pick them up there and take them out. I thought that was a good idea. To your bus point, I 
I know a freshman uh, USF student, friends of my sister's, that my or my girlfriend's sister's little sister goes here. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I asked her if she was at the game. She said, no, it's just a hassle to get there. And she, I was like, do you know they have the buses? And she said, yeah. It took us. Uh, we she took it the week prior, mm-hmm. and she was stuck at Ray J after the game for an hour waiting for buses to come back. Yeah, that's the tricky part. Is that everybody wants to go home at the same time, and so. Um, you can stagger the buses to get here, but then to get people back. And quite honestly, Ray J is not going to let you do any sort of fun post-game concert in the parking lot, et cetera, et cetera, um, because that's a real solution. But it is not realistic for USF. The, the overriding thing here, and I've heard this from so many people, is that the TSA, it's just such a bad deal. It's so bad for... Not just concessions, not just merch sales, not just the fact that you're getting no streams of revenue outside of tickets and your little booths that you have set up on each corner to sell, like, T-shirts and stuff. Like, all of the the downsides of it, it's like, it's those side things. It's like, well, why can't we just have a little post-game concert while people wait for the shuttles? Well, they're never going to let that happen. Well, why don't we just, you know, give students free parking? Well... Can't really do that either because then it's 20 bucks out of our pocket every single time because we're paying full freight on it too. Well, why don't we give away like dollar beers or like whatever? Well, can't really do that because we got to pay for the concessions. They get like at most, they have two, it's so stupid. The the TSA contract has two different clauses. So there's two different levels of discounted food for USF people at Ray J. One is 25% and then one is 15%. So like, I forget what it is. It's like either the press box pays like 15% off and like the recruiting, because when they have recruits in, they can feed them at Ray J. That's like 25% off. But meanwhile, a pot of coffee is like damn near $40. <laughs> you know, you get like a plate of nachos. You're getting like 15% off your nacho, your plate of nachos, which is literally running like, depending on like between 30 and 60 bucks. This is, I mean, it's insane, you know? And by the way, you're paying over a million dollars a season for this privilege. To not take in any ancillary revenue and have to pay through the nose. It's crazy. So, like, it, it just limits so much what USF wants to do. I've always said, and I've, I've brought this up to a couple of USF people earlier this year, there's the new tailgate service mm-hmm. that, like, comes and they set up your tent and they do all. It's a great idea. But it's going to be really difficult for them to succeed, I think, at USF because, well, you can't really tailgate for more than X amount of hours anyway because your lot's open five hours before kick. And why not just have one of the lots? I'm not saying all the lots. Just like one lot with the RVs out there. Open that thing up the night before. You know what I mean? Charge people 200 bucks a game for the hang tag to park their RV the night before. That way you can use that to pay for a security guard or whatever else you would need to get out there. But man, let me tell you, a lot of people want to get away from their significant others and start drinking for a Saturday football game on a Friday night. And you get them out there with a TV, with some good Florida weather at this time of year, some burr, and you start to build a culture. I mean, I think, you're, I think your tailgate would take full advantage of that. My tailgate? Are you kidding me? They would literally, like, run. They, oh, for a Saturday game, they, they, they'd be set up on Wednesday. Like, it's ridiculous. Those guys are – I love them dearly. The, the work that they do. And every year they try and make it a little bit better and a little bit better. It's crazy. That's <laughs> pretty good. So – so I got a lot of terrible ideas. I got a few good ones. The good ones I am actually going to pass along to some people who might be able to make a difference. But I got to say, I talked to God. I can't even tell you how many people I talked. To. And since 
I dropped the piece. I've talked to even more. Like, because people have now reached out to me and said, hey, you're dead on about this. What about this? Are you aware of this? Blah, 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 blah. So to all the USF community, the people that, you know, and I don't want to make it sound like fans can't make a difference. I don't want to make it sound like fans don't understand because they do. They, you know, we, we had a discussion today with a USF staffer for, God, about 45, 45 minutes to an hour and talked about things like, you know, we've had fans say to us, I live out of state, I buy season tickets, and I want a poster. You know, I just want a game poster that I can hang up in my cubicle. Or, like, I want something like that. And USF's like, we're kind of overwhelmed on these things right now. Because if everybody who called for a poster, like, and, and quite frankly, people do this so that they can then resell the poster. Like, there is a mark. Go on eBay and you'll see like pocket schedules and media guides and like posters and people like so people basically ask USF to send them free stuff and then they resell the free stuff. So you, and hundreds thousands of people will do this in, via email every year. That just happens. Like I happened when I was here too. And then there's really no mechanism for like USF to be able to sort the wheat from the chaff because they just don't have the staff and the time to do that kind of stuff. But then fans who the ones who do legitimately just want a poster to hang up in their cubicle in Iowa you know, come in and say, you know, I used to get posters from athletics. Now they don't send them to me anymore. And, you know, I'm still buying my season tickets and, you know, they don't care about me and I'm a number. And that's the disconnect. You know, the the staff on one hand sees thing, one thing and the, the, the season ticket holder on the other hand sees another. And like, until that bridge gets taken, but you know, how do you build that bridge? You take in enough money where you can hire a staff that's appropriately, staffed out where like little things like that can get taken care of. And then quite honestly, like tiny things like that are going to fall through the cracks when you're balling on a budget right now. USF's trying to ball on a budget. So, I mean, I mean, we heard the numbers between, you know, what a P five school is, what their budget is and what USF's budget is. And it's TV revenue in an sec school. Just the TV check is more than USF's budget. 100% 100% of USF's budget. And by the way, USF's budget is about one-third provided by students. So, whereas like a school like the University of Florida gives back millions and millions of dollars every year to academic programs just because they have the extra money laying around. So, like, if you guys have, like, a rich uncle out there or you happen to come into some money. Well, speaking of rich uncles, so the Patel Center on campus, Patel Center for Global Studies, was, I believe, a $30 million gift to this university. Mr. Patel, Kieran Patel, gave a $200 million gift to Nova Southeastern to build a medical school eh, about, what, 15, 20 miles from here probably? As the crow flies, maybe even a little bit less because it's on Gulf the Bay? That's not good. (laughs) Not great, Bob. (laughs) You've got the Patel Center. I mean, he's got got a building named after him at Florida Hospital right across the street. I mean, he's got that huge compound. Yeah, so $200 million to build a medical school not very far away from USF's brand-new medical school in downtown Tampa. Oh, I mean, that's not good, especially when you've got a guy who's given a lot of money to your place before. Yeah. You want to keep the rich guys local. You want to keep the rich guys local, and you want to keep the rich guys happy. And so, um, a couple, uh, also, one... like while, while we're doing non-sports, um, the St. Pete Chancellor was fired. Uh, there is some... Con- consternation about that I think would be fair to describe it as across the university system she did leave 
during a hurricane for Atlanta, took a private plane. How she communicated that to her superior, Ms. Genshaft, is of some controversy. How she um, said that she said the dorm, she claims that she said the dorms are closed. And then you, Judy Genshaft's assistant, told her, you don't have the power to do that. Dorms are not closed. And then she goes, okay. And then she gets a legal opinion. Can I close the dorms? And then, according to her, that then she tried, and when she got the legal pin, then, then she closed the dorms, and Judy Kinshaft was like, well, that was too late. And it's like, it was really weird back and forth, and who knows what really happened, but um, it is yet another high-level USF official that just sort of, like, goes poof in the middle of the night. So, um, yeah, weird stuff. Take it for what you will. I mean... She said that she could hear the birds chirping and that it was very quiet, but how are you going to say that when you're in Atlanta? Probably not on campus. 404. So, yeah. Just took a private plane back, by the way. Couldn't couldn't get couldn't get a commercial out of Atlanta. God knows it's hard to get Deltas back out of Atlanta. Not a, not a lot of Delta flights every day to well, actually. At that point the airport was closed, so I can't really can't make that joke, but um HHS levels of uh plane security. <laughs> Plane payment. So, anyway, what else we got? Do you have anything else for ECU? I mean, it's defense is bad, terrible. Uh, they're giving up over 600 yards on a, offense. So there's there's hope for this USF offense still. I think Sterling kind of pulled back the reins. I think it was pretty obvious once that game was in hand, he was going to go vanilla and vanilla and vanilla. And you know, it was nice. Uh, in our stat book from Thursday, we noticed they broke down the play types. Yes. So it was the first time we've seen that. So USF on first down, they had 37 plays on first down. It's a lot of first downs. 32 runs, five passes. Seems about right. Yeah. I yeah. think I think they would do that in the Taggart era. I think Sure. that's normal. Second and short run. Second and middle. Run, four runs, two passes. Second and long, 13 runs, five passes. The only time they threw the ball more than they ran the ball on a certain down was third and long. Which, okay. Which makes sense. Yeah, for a spread offense team, you know, a run spread. This is a base run spread. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of makes sense. I, I don't, I mean, look, you're not going to know how good the play calling is until you get in a game when it matters. Now, I argued that Stony Brook was a game where it mattered because you're, you know, in a close game in the third quarter on your home field against a team that you should just be smoking. And so, you know, I would have liked to have seen them open it up a little bit more in that game. And they really kind of didn't. But in the two games since, like, how, how the hell do you know how good the play calling is? Like, yeah, they finally threw the throwback screen to Johnson. And it was like, wee! And that play's never going to miss now because you haven't shown it. So mm-hmm. as soon as you set that up, that's there. You know, what other things are there that we don't know about right now? I mean, you we know? saw it back to back weeks. They do the the screening go to the single guy. Mm-hmm. Guy busts up the seam, and then you know it was McCants against Illinois, and then it's like it was a tunnel MBS. almost. It's like a slot yeah. tunnel. Yeah, so they'll slide out to the sideline as a fake screen, and then shoot down the sideline and you know the one for two on those passes for touchdowns yeah so i mean we're gonna see some wrinkles but we're not gonna see much because it's ecu i wouldn't bust it out against ecu either and then you get a bye week to put even more in give these guys some rest after five games 
and then the schedule gets a little bit more challenging, a little more fun, mm-hmm. some better games, hopefully some better crowds, home and road. But we'll get to that later. All right, what else we got? We got to right. get out of here at like a reasonable hour today. No, no, no uh, two-hour podcast today. Unfortunately, you want to just jump right into Twitter and Facebook questions. Lego. All right, let's start with Twitter. Uh, this is from Heathy Poop. Hi, Poop. Uh, is Gunner Keel a dumb name still a possibility for a sign for homecoming? Eh. We can do better, USF. Okay. Yeah. We can do better. It's okay. Do we have a different... This is from at J underscore Cali underscore 82. Do we have a different playbook based on the opponent? Will this continue all season? Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. This is from Cali again. He's super into it today. Who would you mark all his questions for? One per customer? Should we do a one per customer? No, I'm just kidding. No, we wouldn't have enough questions for that. We wouldn't? I, thought we I mean, we would, but I mean, this is a pretty uh, decent question. Does does a strong look mean the end of alternate uniforms and the death of SoFlo? Maybe. For, yeah. Because we have heard some things about uniforms. They want to keep it uniform. They want to keep it uniform, and honestly, we've heard some things over the last two seasons. Like, I'm not going to lie, guys. There is... I don't know if they still have them, but there is a uniform combination that if they ever walk out on the field with oh, it, man. it is hot sex. It is ridiculous hot sex. Oh, it, it, and it will knock this play. I don't even know if they still have them. With the apparel contract coming up, if they're going to burn these things, do it now. Okay, so USF's contract, apparel contract, and I tweeted this out today. Um USF's apparel contract, their negotiation period opens on Sunday, 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 October 1st. Um, They're going to go to market. There is no um, pre-deal with Under Armour. So that means Nike, I would assume Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour are your only three options. Uh, USF ain't taking on Russell Athletic, and there's not going to be a Puma. So um, those are going to be the three teams. Adidas is overpaying a lot of schools right now. And, you know, forcing uh, the market. Adidas is probably in a little bit of hot water right now, so they're they might want to spend a little money. They, they could they, use some good PR. They need, uh, but yeah, but they need to pay for some lawyers. <laughs> to pay for so, some lawyers. <laughs> I think they might be out. Yeah. So I think it really comes down to Nike and Under Armour. And what what's your preference? I would like to. St- I mean, I would I would like to stay with Under Armour. I think the relationship with USF was, you know, Doug Willard certainly had his challenges here at USF. But one of the great things he did was get us in on the ground floor with Under Armour, and it's been a, a really good relationship. I think people like the product. I think USF has associated themselves well with the brand. I know that there is a good relationship between UA and coaches. Now, basketball-wise, UA, quite frankly, hurts you because... As Kevin Durant so eloquently put in the Bill Simmons podcast, nobody wants to wear Under Armour basketball shoes except Steph Curry. Except Steph, but, I mean, if anybody's going to wear them, that's the guy you want to wear them if you're trying mm-hmm. to move the product. Um, but in, just in terms of the AAU scene, in terms of the high school prep basketball um ua just maybe doesn't have the cachet yes. yet so in terms of basketball recruiting it hurts you but as a brand i think usf fans like uh, from the i tweeted this out earlier today and from my mentions it's sort of like ua is great let's keep ua if not let's go nike not a lot of love for adidas out there in the the business community but you know it is what it is so um this question was not about apparel it was about what was it? The end of alternate uniforms. Oh, yes. So I'm just warning you, USF fans. There is a hot sex uniform out there. 
But We've seen if, it. Uh, yes, we have. But if it ever comes to fruition, oh under my God, Charlie, it's yet to be seen. Just everybody's just gonna like freak out. Like put put that uniform on people for like an AAC championship game. Can you imagine if the team ran out? Can you imagine for the AAC championship? Oh game? my goodness, that'd be yeah. Ooh. But I think if you're waiting for that championship game and it doesn't happen when yeah. do you use it yeah well, that's it i mean i think you want to use it for a game you know like maybe i don't know homecoming you know 20 like an anniversary thing be cool and it's a better game now yeah uh, having cincy maybe use that i you know but we'll we'll digress but it, it's out there folks and i i don't know if they're going to use it they're they're winning a lot of games and what they have and you know athletes and coaches are notoriously superstitious but We'll see. Anyway, keep going. Uh, next one is from uh, Smitty at E Smith three eleven. Hey, buddy. Do you think the C dot game will be a winner takes AAC East division game? I think we're going to find out a lot more about that after Saturday. Mm-hmm. Memphis UCF winner. My my dream would be for Memphis to win this weekend, and then for UCF to also lose to Navy, and then they're five and two. USF seven and zero. Oh. So the last game is just. They got nothing to play for. They can't win the division. No matter what, even if we lose, we win. And we go out there pressure-free and just cave their skulls in. Which, you know, Mackenzie Milton, I don't know. That Maryland game scared me, dude. And and let's be honest, UCF's front four, they're Jack good. Griffin, they're good. Like, they're legitimately good at football. And I pains me to say that. Um, but facts are facts. Future Nebraska head coach Scott Frost has future, them. Scott Rowan. Future Nebraska head coach Scott Frost really does have them going well. But that front four is really good, and Milton might not be terrible. I don't know how that's possible, but he might not be terrible. Yeah. All right, next question from Seth Buck at Seth underscore Buck. Over under winning by 40 against ECU this week. Oof. The line, I think, was like 28 or they're 26. Gonna, 26. Uh, they're going to score enough where 40 is going to be hard. It's hard. It's going to be hard for USF to get to like 60 this year. And I think it's very possible ECU still gets 20. 24, 20, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's going to be – 40 tough. But the line sounds about right to me. Mm-hmm. What do you think? The line's probably right. I'm always worried about backdoor covers, I think. Yeah. I, I Huge think lines, it's always – yeah. The propensity to do that with the especially big against USF second string, which yeah. second string defense, first string defense has been lights out. Yeah, it was like fifty. They, I think they had given up fifty four yards to three quarters last week, and then I mean, first Temple Temple's offense only crossed the fifty once, and then two plays later they were back on their side of the field. So USF ECU opened at twenty five and a half. It did go up to 26 at one point, and it's down to 23.5. So the money's coming in on ECU. Mm-hmm. And good performance against Connecticut's getting them a little bit, buying yep. them about a field goal. Uh, this is from Kelly at Kill Cray Kelly. Mm-hmm. Do you know how we are doing with recruiting so far? I saw we lost a verbal commit to Louisville. No. Well, were they paying him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's did a good get, joke. Did he get some Adidas money? Is yeah. that why he's leaving? Maybe. Is this a multi-sport uh, scandal that's going on here, not just basketball? Who knows? Um, look, man, let's let's leave that in Nick Simon's hand. But we do need to be on that a little bit earlier this year because of the early signing. Yep, this uh, is early the, signings, what, uh, December 20th to 22nd or something like that? S- 22nd, 23rd. Somewhere. Right around Christmas time. Yeah, right around there. And the early signing day is going to change the dynamic of recruiting tremendously. I think we're going to see a lot of early enrollees, more so than 
you know, previously I think you know yes. Alabama was at the forefront of getting guys in so they could take more guys. Mm-hmm. USF only had one, Jannard Phillips, and I mean you can see in the spring he had a good. He's getting reps now, right? So early enrolling is a, it's a decent idea, but I don't like that kids are just skipping the, like the second half of their senior year. Like I, I'm not a fan of it. I think high school, like high school, you can still go to prom, dude. You're in college now. You're 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 hanging out with college girls, and you're going to go back to your high school prom. Come on. If you're only wait, okay, it's not creepy to be the guy that's one year out of school who's like a senior, and then you know the junior girlfriend that he had. Like it's her senior year, and he goes back for prom. That's not weird. It's the 23 year old guy who goes back to prom that needs to be cuffed and taken away. So I, you know, it, if guys can still. You know, it's and you're asking a lot of players too. I mean, you're like a, a young 18 probably if you're enrolling early. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I could have lived without the second half of my senior year of high school. I don't know about you. I'd have been I f- I enjoyed high school. Like I really? wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't popular. I wasn't like, but I flew under the radar. Like, I was popular by association. I will fully admit it. Like my best friend was on the basketball team. His, his girlfriend, now wife, was a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Like I. Coattails, baby. <laughs> Coattails. Well, I was a total dork in high school. Stunner there. I know you guys can't quite figure that out. Shocking. Um, but, like, I got to college and, you know, my first time through college I didn't do so hot. But my second time through college, <laughs> I eventually graduated from the school. It worked out a little better for me. And I think, you know, I just – I think it just depends on what you possibly enjoyed more. I definitely – high school, I was like, ugh, get this out of here. But college, I I really enjoyed. So, All right. Next question from Joe Brennan. At Joe B. The Bull. Passing game concerns. Concerns. Why isn't Gilbert utilizing two of our biggest strengths with tight end Mitchell Wilcox and tight end Akeno Dillon? You have a hot take here. They may not be good or they may not be suited for this offense. It's one of the two. The drop passes Ooh. between them. Drop passes are an issue. And there's a common... Sample size. Can we go sample size here, though? I mean... How many targets do they have? I have? Between them under 10, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking at their... And Wilcox definitely has a couple over the middles for big first downs, chunk plays. Yep. So, do we? Ha- I don't even know if we get targets on there, on the full stats. No, but I'll, I'll have receptions. Receptions sure. aren't great. Uh, Kano has two catches for 20 yards, and Mitchell has four for 31. Yeah. So, it's probably right around 10 to 12 targets between them, and they've probably dropped four or five. Right. And yeah. with Kano's struggles on special teams... They're, you know, Charlie said it today. If you're not, if you're going to rest on special teams, you're, or if you want to rest on special teams, we'll just rest you on well, offense, on offense, defense too. So <laughs> it's, I don't know. Kano had the big touchdown catch 2015 against Memphis um, mm-hmm. to bring the game back close. But do you do you remember another highlight from Dylan? My. Biggest Kano Dillon memory is him getting his, like, damn near getting dead in the FSU game in the two-minute drill at the end of the game when Yosef was driving, just trying to pick up an L8 score. And he got KTFO'd on, like, go over the middle. And he, I think he got high-load. It was, I was on the field at that point. It was mm-hmm. one of the most, like, the whole stadium just went, whoo, like one of those. Yeah. And that, I, but he popped up. I give him that. Like, he... But that was as hard a hit as I think I've seen in college football, at least from a USF player, and he popped up. But I was nursing a severe hangover <laughs> that game last year. I was in Ireland. It was my cousin's oh, that's wedding. Right. It was my cousin's wedding the night before. 
Uh, no, um, are you talking goodness. 2016 or 15? This was 15. 15? Yeah, it's 15. In okay. Doak. In Doak. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Doak. He got. He got. Yes, okay. I remember. He I was got. also severely hammered that day. <laughs> he got leveled. Yep. That was hard. But, yeah, I, th- I think, I. well, his first game in 2015, like, what, 200 yards, something like that? Like, mm-hmm. some insane number? And hasn't come close to putting up anything like that since. And, so. I mean, he struggled on special teams, and there's a common thread between the tight ends and special teams. Yes. Coach. So. Justin Burke. Interesting take. Interesting take. I don't know. Throwing it out there. I don't know. Throwing it out there. Right. But I mean, Mitchell's great at blocking. Yeah. He, he's great at he's you know right. he's pulling, he's doing, you know, the counter stuff. Always in the right spot. He he's On making that modified up for power it. they run yep. where he's like the you know, it's not like a fullback, but it's not like a tight end either. He's sort of just somewhere in the middle. This is from that USF swag at that USF swag. Understandably, Gilbert is hiding the playbook for real upcoming conference opponents. Will this affect overall impression from the committee? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, they say they don't look at scoring margins, but... BS. It's great. Um, on schedule, you just got to hope that they... You got to hope that the conference continues to hold and gets, like, no more bad crackback losses. You're going to want UCF to win. You're going to want Memphis. To, whoever wins that game this weekend, you're going to want that team to run out. Mm. Um, you just want Navy to continue winning. And they look good. Maybe Tuss look good. That's I think his, what they had. Five hundred yards on the ground last week. I mean, Abby's for real. Like they're good. They always find it. Wilworth now. Zach Abby. I mean, geez, Louise. They always have that quarterback. It's crazy. I don't uh, know how they do it. Keenan Reynolds, like whoever. Keenan Reynolds, and then I think there was a guy before him too. Yeah. I mean, just, it's. That's what happens when you can recruit fifty players a class. Eventually, one of them's got to be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is from. Uh, swag as well. Do you cringe when you hear your own voice on recorded? Damn straight. Yeah. It's awful. The worst part about doing podcast seven to listen to I still to listen to it, but it's terrible. I listen to it because I want to get better. Yep. Like, you just want to, like, coach yourself to, like, watch and film, you know, but I hear myself go, uh, and um, and that's all I hear. I don't mm-hmm. even hear what I'm saying. I just hear all the mistakes. It's horrible. This is from Jason Tipton at big 2G's underscore tip 2P's. I know Gilbert worked on Q's mechanics. Is Q thinking too much in the passing game with these overthrows? From I think, I think it's just kind of flow. Yeah, I, I think it. You know, he, look, his stats were trash on Thursday. Eight for twenty, right? Eight for twenty. Eight for twenty, ninety-six yards. Yeah, and he ran for he ran pretty well, but um, especially if you take out the sack yardage, which really mm-hmm. you should. I think he was too amped up for this game, this past game. He, he said, was missing throws. He he said in the press conference that he wasn't, but. It's. I mean, he it took an unsportsmanlike penalty. That's that's, that's not Quinn. That's not Quinn. He said that he, you know, he was fiery in high school, but he had never in other games. But he had never never been seen like, like that, that. Yeah. at USF at all. You you could see frustration set in. Mm-hmm. You could see some anger. He said that some of the Temple guys were chirping at him, trying to get into his head, and they kind of succeeded a little bit. Mm. Also, lost 43-7, so. also lost forty three to seven. And, you know, he had been, you know, up until this game, he had been protecting himself, getting out of bounds, getting down early, and then down on the sideline, he he puts one in, he puts one in the guy's, you know, chest. Uh, you know, I asked him, did, did it feel good? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, you know, with a sly little laugh, you know, he's like, yeah, it felt good. The, the least, uh, the least Quentin, stage Quentin, Quentin, super nice kid. But he, boy, he stays on script in press conferences. I think that's the most we've gotten Quentin to go off script. Mm-hmm. And I asked him today, like, you know, if you don't end up in the league or if you don't end up playing professionally, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to be a firefighter, which 
Okay. Never would have thought of that as a career no. choice. But communications major, communications criminology. But he's thinking about going and becoming a firefighter when he graduates. Wants to help people. I think that's pretty damn cool. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, a uh, couple more questions from Stuart Collins on Facebook. USF and San Diego State both run the table. What do you think? Who do you think gets the Peach Bowl? San Diego State. They both run out. Um, USF runs out. They're going to have better wins wins late. If like San Diego State struggles in a championship game and USF just pounds Memphis in the sand again twice, I don't know. USF's going to have like on the whole statistically a better strength of schedule at the end of the year. But no marquee wins. Sucks that Stanford. They don't have a Stanford. Sucks that Stanford and ASU won on Saturday night, too. Both yep. games that they should have lost. You know, UCLA's, mm-hmm. UCLA was a dog at Stanford, but ASU, man, like, how – I thought that team was left for dead. I had both teams in Arizona just totally left for dead. I stand by it with Rich Rod and, you know, future USF head coach Rich Rodriguez. Do we want to talk about future USF head coaches? Yeah. I mean, well – So, like – if we got to that point, if something did happen at the end of the year, and let's say Charlie Strong, who is not making a tremendous amount of money here, and the right opportunity opened up, and you know, let's face it, it could happen. The the future USF coaches most likely, I think, would be Kevin Sumlin, Rich Rod, something like that, and you just keep the pattern going. And you, what you do is, if you're USF, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if it got to that point, you would just want the school to recruit itself. We are an athlete school. We're the only school in Florida that spreads you out and throws it all over the damn place. You keep this as the institution, and you mm-hmm. just bring in coaches that understand that. You bring them to the, your culture. You get them better because of your culture. You recruit to your culture. It's a thought. I think fans would riot if Rich Rod was selected. Really? You think they're still pissed off about it? Yes. The Yankee hats and all that stuff? I mean, come on. They are. The fans are still kind of living in 2007. Beat him two years in a row, man. I went to both games. I was at that WV game up there. Man, I told, I've told i told that story. They tried to fight me up there. Legit tried to fight me in the parking lot just because I was wearing a USF jacket. Like, okay, them, I get it. They're in Morgantown. They burn couches, whatever. But, like, here, I don't know. He got no quarterback right now. He's, that kid he's got, uh, he's terrible. And But I've seen Rich Rod with talent and – what those Pat White's Steve Slayton teams did was ridiculous. So I don't know. I think Rich Rod's a good coach. Jock Sanders. Jock Sanders. Tiny guy. Noel Devine. Mm-hmm. Guys like that. Like they've had they've had some studs. So I don't know. I think Rich Rod's a good coach in a bad situation. He, but it's his fault he doesn't have a quarterback because that kid's trash. So bad. I hate calling a college kid trash, but we we're not covering him. We can do it from here. All right, I think that's it. We um, done? Good. Yeah, guys, buy the shirts. Go buy shirts. Oh, yeah. 11 Cook shirts. Um, you can find it on our site. We'll I'll tweet out the link again. Go buy shirts. They're $24 or something like that. Let them cook. Somebody actually sent me a pic. Um, I don't know if I don't know if I can share it or not because it's somebody with a little community. He actually made a, a chef's hat mm-hmm. and did it while he was barbecuing. I think I put it in Slack, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. Um, and it just says, let Q cook on it, which I thought was great. We've got some, but you guys have been great about that. Thank you for all the support. That will help us get a bunch of our staff hopefully to New Orleans for the Tulane game so we can do some really fun stuff up there. We're going to try and get a little thing together in NOLA for all y'all making the trip. Still working on that, quite honestly. Got a couple other things going on that actually pay my bills. That's why it hasn't quite gotten done yet. I've looked at hotels in New Orleans. They're somewhere between outrageous and holy Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So it's going to be tough to get a block of rooms for our fans. I'm going to take one last swing at that probably later this week and see if I can just find some hotel that's not quite hit the occupancy they want right now to give us a good deal. And then what that would be is we'll put it on there. And if you book it through us, you book it through the code, you get a discount on the room. Or, mm. so that's kind of working with catering or um, hotel salespeople up there. Yep. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook, Daily Stampede. Um, follow us on Twitter at Stampede SBN. Follow Colin at USF Colin. Follow me at Bulls Nathan USF. And do us a favor, too. Like, if you see a piece that you really like or whatever, share it on Facebook. Share it on Facebook. That's where that's where we get most of our interactions. Uh, what is Bud Elliott's famous line? Twitter for show, Facebook for dough. And it's so true. Like It's very true. We're all addicted to Twitter, those of us that do this all the time. But, like, Twitter, honestly, is a fraction of the traffic for mm-hmm. us that Facebook is because your parents still read Facebook all the time. Yep. They're very excited to see the picture of you out there at a concert taking a selfie. Or if you have kids, they're very excited to see their grandchildren on Facebook. Very, very excited. So old people like Facebook. The kids like the Instagram. We don't really have a spot for Instagram, though, do we? Like, what are we going to do? Take pictures of us in here? Yeah. On the fields? Like, I'll do one, like, when I'm on a road. Like, at San Jose, I think I put something on Instagram. But, like, other than that, like. I don't I don't scram. No scram? I don't do the scram. I mean, I'm on it, but I don't, I don't post pictures. And then the snap? Like. No. Snap a lock. Oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, we're, we're out here in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, thanks. Um, somebody wants to use the studio. We're out. So we're out. Peace out. Couple of bulls.